This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and thanks so much for joining me once again for a new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, your host, and delighted, as always, to be here with you. I am a little bit stuffy today. We are still in the midst of hay fever season, and and so as you can hear, I'm possibly from my voice, I am, I am still somewhat afflicted, so I apologize, but hopefully this will be done within the next couple of weeks, just in time for uh, cicada season. For those of us in the Northeast, there are uh, uh, like a, a once in every 17 years multi-trillion cicada event is is coming up for us. The, the cicadas, the 17-year cicadas, Brood X, I think they're calling it, will be rising up out of the ground to mate and frolic for a few weeks uh, before completing their life cycle. And that should be fun, especially for the, the indoor-outdoor cats. I, I am expecting, or even just the indoor cats, watching it all unfold through the windows. I think... Uh, Clayton and Fanny have have never seen a cicada invasion, so it should be interesting times here over the next few weeks uh, once hay fever season abates and cicada season starts. Good times. Anyway, um, so again, thanks so much for joining me. Later on in today's episode, I will be answering a question from reader Maria Clark. And as always, if you would like me to, if you would like to submit a question rather or a comment for me to address or to answer on a future episode of Curl Up with a Cattail, or if you'd like to leave a comment uh, about a previous episode that you've heard, or if you just want to check in with me and let me know that you're listening and enjoying the podcast, Head on over to my website, GwenCooper.com. That's G-W-E-N-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. And that, of course, is your clearinghouse for all things Gwen Cooper related. You can, again, check in on the podcast. You can check out, learn more about the books about cats that I write. You can find the link to Homer's official merchandise store. Don't forget, by the way, Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday. So if you're still looking for gifts, we have some awesome World's Best Cat Mom t-shirts and tote bags and mugs that you might want to check out. Basically, GwenCooper.com is your hub for all things Gwen Cooper related, and I encourage you to stop by and visit and say hello. So one thing you will not notice on the list of books on my website, uh, books that I've written about cats, but is a new book that I'm working on, and I'm very excited about it because it is a book that I'm going to write. Uh, for the first time, I'm going to be writing this book with readers. And and so I encourage you all to participate in this. So I am working on a book that will come out in time for the holiday season. And it's called The Itty Bitty Kitty Book, 100 Word Feline Love Stories. And basically what I'm looking for is for you guys to write into me 
with your own feline love story. It could be a gotcha story. It could be the story of how you and your cat first met and came to live with each other. It can be a story of some meaningful incident in your life with your cat, uh, something that your cat did. You know, I, I've been very candid in speaking, for example, about the ways in which my cats have have pulled me back from the brink um, at, at times where where I've actually been depressed enough to consider taking my own life. And so I, I think we we all have one of those, you know, my cat saved my life kind of stories. And so anything like that, anything that would fall under the basic heading of, of a feline love story. Now, these are going to be only 100 words long. So the, the point is for these to be very, very short, little stories. Um, you don't have to worry too much about the word count if this is something you want to participate in, if you do want one of your stories to be in this book. I will be editing every submission that comes in. So if you end up at, you know, 200 words or or something like that, I will be able to to bring it within the 100 word parameters for this project. So I I don't want you guys to to slave over a word count the way I do when I'm working on a freelance project, but I would love to feature your love stories. And if you would like to contribute a love story to this book, email me at gwen g w e n at gwen cooper dot com. Send me your story. Maybe send me a picture or two about your cat. I will get right back to you and just put itty bitty kitty book in the subject line so I know that that's what you're writing about. And as I said, this book is going to be available for the holiday season just in time for gift giving. So you will be able to give the gift of of kitty love this year and have it waiting under the tree for someone you love who also loves cats. And I'm actually working with a very talented designer to come up with a really adorable cover and and some little drawings and artwork to go on the inside. And I'm going to be doing this as a hardcover book. Usually my self-published books are paperback, but this is going to be a hardcover um, so it, it should just be a beautiful little gift book, and I'm super excited about it. And I will also say that, again, this is the kind of project that I am able to work on independently um, without having to get a green light from a publisher or an advance from a publisher, thanks to the generosity of my supporters on Patreon. And again, Patreon is a way for you to support the work that I do and to help me remain independent of both traditional publishers and advertisers and corporate sponsors. And you also get really, as a Patreon member, you get really cool stuff in return, including seeing your name and your cat's name featured in every book that I publish while you are a Patreon supporter. And I actually have a new book, um, another new book, that is going to be coming out next month. And again, the great thing about Patreon is that it allows me to work independently of traditional publishers, which means that I can do two, three, four books in a year. I'm hoping to do at least three books this year. And again, with traditional publishing, I can do maybe one book every two to three years because it is a a much slower business. So head on over to Patreon, check it out. I think you'll find it to be a lot of fun. I know I'm having a great, great time so far with my Patreon community, and that's Patreon, P-A-T, 
reon.com slash Gwen Cooper. And I encourage you to check it out. So in other news, um, like a lot of you, I'm guessing I also heard that our president, President Biden, is planning to adopt a rescue cat to add to his two-dog household. And of course, this was something that he had promised before even the inauguration. So it, it is good to see that promise being lived up to. I am always in favor of anything that results in the adoption of a rescue cat and and certainly that encourages that that highlights rescue cats. I, I think it's wonderful that they are adopting from a shelter as opposed to going to a breeder. You know, we we are very adopt don't shop here on Curl Up with a Cattail. Um although I will say, and I'm sure some of you have also had this thought, I'm a little concerned about major Biden, the the German shepherd who is nipped two people already. And this is the Biden's three-year-old German Shepherd, who is also a rescue. He is a rescue dog, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I do believe that these bites were actually nips because the people who who Major nipped were did not have to seek medical attention. I mean, we all know, right? Those of us who are experienced with with dogs as well as cats understand that there are nips and then there are nips. You know, obviously, Major Biden, if he had wanted to hurt someone, that dog has got to be at least 60 pounds um, and probably closer to 80 pounds, I'm guessing. And so if he had actually wanted to hurt somebody, he was certainly capable of doing so. And being a German shepherd, you know, shepherd dogs, the way that they corral the animals who they're trying to herd is by nipping at them. It's a very instinctive response for a German shepherd. So I do not doubt that Major Biden nipped two people as opposed to viciously attacking two people. In other words, I I don't think that the word nip is a euphemism here. But by the same token, it does seem to me that if, if Major is nipping at all, that this is clearly a stress response to what is very obviously a high stress living situation. It is always stressful when you change an animal's routine and I, I have to imagine that the White House, which essentially is, is an office that you can sleep in, right? I mean, the White House is not a house. Like most of our houses, it's it's a workplace. And it is a much busier than usual workplace. And there are always other people around besides the family. I mean, just the Secret Service detail alone, even in the residence. And so it seems to me that it's probably a stressful – I think it would be a stressful situation for any animal and certainly it seems to have proven stressful for Major. Um, and I know that they've sent him to a trainer to to help work through some of the aggression issues. But I'm a little skeptical. I, I, I have to be honest. Um you know, I've seen some of the work that the trainer's been doing. I don't like that they were training Major with a choke collar. I think that is a way to make a dog more aggressive, not less aggressive. There are harnesses that you can use to train a dog to be less aggressive and harnesses that, you know, are more like horses' harnesses and, and that provide a certain amount of comfort and that actually apply pressure and not pain, but pressure to the dog in the same places where a, a dog's mother and disciplining the dog will apply pressure. And so I, I guess my overall point is that I'm a little concerned about this cat. Um, Dr. Jill Biden did say 
that they had brought a major to several to a shelter and had him interact with with several cats at the shelter to get him used to being around cats and and that is certainly very conscientious and and it's a good sign that he has tolerated his interactions with these cats well you know part of me though and and I'm almost never in favor of separating a, a dog from his family but I also am never in favor of setting a dog up to fail, uh, setting any animal up to fail. And part of me wonders if if Major might not do better back at the Biden family home, at least for the time being. Uh, and and again, you know, just to put this in in some context, I, I grew up with dogs. I love dogs, although I do not live with a dog right now. I love dogs as fiercely and and adamantly as I love cats. Uh, but I also we all of our dogs growing up were rescue dogs, and and many of them were were larger rescue dogs. We we did have a German Shepherd. We had a dog who was a pit bull lab mix. They they we had a dog who was a, a, a German Shepherd whippet mix, actually, which is sort of an interesting combination. Uh, she was a sort of like looked like a miniature German Shepherd, basically. Anyway, the point that I'm making is not that the first time a dog acts out or or nips or shows any kind of a you know any sign of aggression that you should ditch the dog or send the dog to to live someplace else or rehome the dog. And I'm also in the camp of people I'm not entirely sure that Major Biden again he was nipping that he was trying to be aggressive per se. My guess is that he was feeling crowded and and probably wanted to be protective of his family and the people around him and felt that people were were getting too close and that's why he nipped a little. Again there there is a difference between a nip and a bite. But having said all of that, I also do believe in paying close attention to an animal and to their needs. And I can certainly say from experience that with our dogs who were rescue dogs, uh, particularly those who had come from difficult backgrounds, that you did have to pay attention to these animals and, and work to tailor an environment that was best suited to the dog's needs and likely is to give the dog a chan- the, the best possible chance of success. And again, like I said, what what I don't want to see is a situation where any pet, where any dog or any cat is is set up to fail, because then I think it ends up looking bad for rescue animals overall. I, I realize in saying this that I'm looking for problems that right now do not exist. There is at the moment no reason to believe that that Major will not do well with a cat. And perhaps even he and the cat will become friends and, and the cat might have a calming influence on him, especially if if the Bidens are adopting a nice, mellow cat. Certainly, I never, am never, never more relaxed than when I am lying in bed with a snoozing cat next to me. Uh, the only danger sometimes if it's my 20-minute afternoon power nap is, is that it, it runs the risk of, of stretching into a much longer nap if my cats are joining me because I, you know, they're so relaxed that it just makes me even more relaxed. And then I really sink in and all of a sudden I wake up and it's an hour and a half later and, you know, half the day is gone and and I'm wondering where it all went. So that's my take on it. I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. Again, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful when all is said and done that a rescue cat is going to be joining the first family. I, I think it cannot help but be high profile and good PR for shelter cats in general, which is always a good thing. Like I said, I, I just hope that every animal in this situation is is being given the optimal chance to succeed. 
and to live their best life and to showcase to an occasionally skeptical public just how wonderful shelter animals and, and rescue pets can be. Coming up in just a few moments, I'm going to be answering this week's reader question. So until then, I encourage you to hang out, relax, and stay tuned for more Curl Up with a Cattail. so much for staying with us. Uh, We are back, as promised, with more Curl Up with a Cattail. Before I get to answering this week's reader question, I did, again, want to remind you guys that I am working on a new book for the holiday season. It's going to be called Itty Bitty Kitty Tales, uh, 100-word feline love stories. And I would love to have your contribution to include in this book. So if you have a feline love story, and again, this can be a gotcha story, this can be the story of how you and your cat met, how you fell in love, um, some it's just a, a story of some great moment between the two of you. I don't want to give too many examples because I don't really want to limit it. Um, but anything along those lines, please, by all means, send it to me at Gwen, G-W-E-N, at GwenCooper.com, or you can head over to my website, GwenCooper.com, and click on the submission form. Just be sure to put itty bitty kitty tails in the subject line. So I know that's what you're writing about. And I'm just really excited about this book. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And so, so please, um, feel free to send anything in. And again, don't get too hung up on the word count. Just don't make it too long. You don't actually need to sit there and literally count every word. I'm going to do uh, some light editing and proofreading on all of these, just like just like professional writers get, just like I get. I have my editor and, and my copy editor and my proofreader, and you will also get the benefit of the same services. So if yours ends up being 150 or 200 words or, or something like that, don't stress about it. Just don't make it too long. If you're filling an entire um, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper full of text, you know, single spaced, full of text, then you've definitely typed way more than you need to for this. And you should probably go back and shorten it. But, you know, that that's the main thing. Just don't make it crazy long. But don't get too hung up on on the exact word count because it will all come out well in the end. So today's question is from reader Maria Clark. And Maria asks the the very softball question, but I think it's still one worth answering. What are your most and least favorite things about cats? And uh, <laughs> it's uh, certainly right, right. We uh, I'm going to start actually with the second half of that question, my least favorite things about cats, because certainly it's, it's going to be a much, much shorter answer because uh, there really aren't too many things that that I don't like about cats or about living with cats. And, you know, I mean, obviously the litter box, I, I nobody loves cleaning a litter box, but I have two cats and one litter box. And so it's just really not 
a big deal to to clean it. It it takes, you know, like under five minutes, a couple, you know, a few times a week. And it's just not that big a deal. I understand that for some people, if you have like 12 cats and many litter boxes, that it's probably a pretty onerous task. And I certainly know from volunteering at shelters and also from visiting so many shelters and and engaging with their volunteers that, again, that's a situation where there are so many litter boxes and it's a lot of litter box cleaning. And God bless the people who do it at shelters because it's it's just got to be so completely not fun. Uh, It it is. Again, I remember from my time volunteering at shelters, that was always the least fun part of the job. It's not a big deal to clean a litter box, but when you're cleaning 15 litter boxes or 30 litter boxes all in a row, it is definitely not fun. But having said that, I also think it's it's just so minor. It's it's like taking your car to the car wash. Um, it, it's just such a very minor trade-off for all the benefits you get from living with a cat that I really don't think it's a big deal. You know, it it helps me, I think, that I'm not a person who's very attached to stuff. I've never really been a stuff kind of person. And by that, I mean that I don't really, you know, I'm not a tchotchke person. I don't have lots of shelves with lots of little knickknacks. I've never been a person who collects memorabilia or collects really anything. Um, I have some jewelry that I love. And my books, my books I'm very, very attached to. But the books live in bookcases and and the cats don't really go after them. I had a friend once, I mean, this is crazy, but I had a friend who soon after getting married bought a $15,000 couch and then considered getting her cats declawed because they were destroying the $15,000 couch. Now, and... There were so many things about that that were astonishing to me. I, I felt very naive. Like all of a sudden, I'd been living in New York for a few years, but I felt like I was some rube straight from the the sticks because the two things that were really surprising to me were one that somebody I knew would would spend fifteen thousand dollars on a couch, and second that this person would be surprised that of of course I mean cats are going to scratch a couch and look we. In my house, we have tons of scratching posts. So the cat scratching the couch is really not that big a deal. It doesn't happen very often. And what scratching there is 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 really not particularly significant. Uh, but having said that, of course, my couch costs like 10% of, of that $15,000 that my friend had spent for her couch. And so what to me seems like very, very minor, insignificant, not even worth noticing it kind of damage might sit more heavily with me had I spent $15,000 on my couch. Uh, but I will also say it, it, it and, and I guess you never really know, you, you know, everybody says, even if I were really rich, I would never do this, or I would never spend this much money on that, you know, this kind of silly thing. Maybe I would. Maybe if I had tons of money and and it didn't really matter to me, Maybe I would spend fifteen thousand dollars on a couch. It, it's just so hard for me to imagine doing so. Not even because of of having or not having that much money, but because I just don't care enough about couches. I, I could just think of so many things. If I were going to spend fifteen thousand dollars on on something just to make myself happy, because I had fifteen thousand dollars to throw around and I didn't care, it just wouldn't be a couch. Um, I'm trying to think what it would be. 
like if there was one thing I could spend, I don't know. I don't know. But probably it, it, it would be like a piece of jewelry or something like that, maybe. Anyway, this is getting off the subject of cats. But the point being, I, I'm just not that kind of person. I, I feel very comfortable in saying even if money were really not an object, I, I couldn't imagine myself suddenly filling my home with $15,000 couches or some $25,000 vase or, or sculpture or something like that. I, I've just never really been a stuff person. Uh, the thing that makes me happiest to look at in my house are, are my husband, my cats, and my books. My husband and my cats are probably tied, and and after that, it's it's my books in third place. And everything else, as far as I'm concerned, and, and this is not me advocating for this point of view, this is just always the way that I have felt, everything else it just needs to be clean and comfortable and look good enough. Uh, I like a, a pleasant, attractive, harmoniously arranged room. But having said that, I, I just have never really cared about knickknacks and couches. Maybe it's because I moved around so much when I was younger, and, and anyone who's read Homer's Odyssey knows that I moved quite a bit uh, in my 20s before finally moving to New York and, and settling down a little bit more. And when you move a lot, you just learn that that everything you have, man, it's just stuff to to collect dust and and then have to pay a mover to schlep someplace else for you at some point. Uh, but I think this it's it's just also my nature. Uh, I, like I said, my my it makes me very happy to look at my husband and my cats. It makes me very happy to look at my books. And everything else, I just like it to be clean and attractive and and sort of neatly arranged. Uh, but I, I I just don't care. And so I will say though, ha- you know, having said that and and not being a person my whole life is really set up to not care if the cats knock something over. Um, I, but I will say that when I am on a vacation or if I'm staying or, or visiting with friends who do not have cats or pets themselves, and there is something that feels very freeing about just putting down a plate of food or a glass of water without having to have in the back of my mind the sense that I have to keep an eye on it so that a cat doesn't try to maybe eat the tuna out of my tuna sandwich or knock my glass of water over or push the bottle off the coffee table. Um, Clayton is a particularly big offender in in this arena. He's always very interested in people food and he loves knocking things over and knocking them onto the floor. So I can never just put a glass down and leave it there. I always have to be aware of of what Clayton might be doing, I, I have to keep an eye on it. If I'm going to leave for even a couple of seconds, I have to take the the glass with me so that Clayton doesn't knock it over. Again, it's not a big deal, but I will say in terms of my least, I mean, that's probably my least favorite thing about living with cats or with my cats in particular. And I don't really think about it. It's such second nature, but I do, like I said, when I'm other places where I'm not around cats and I'm not around pets at all, I am very aware of how freeing it feels to just be able to put down a plate or a glass of water or so, you know, a glass of wine or something along those lines and not have to worry about anybody knocking it over. So I guess that would be my least favorite things about cats. As far as my most favorite things, you know, I, I so I wrote an entire book, right, called The Book of Possum. And that's possum, by the way, like the word awesome, but with a P in front of it, not like a possum, not like the animal possum. So it's The Book of Possum, and that's the word awesome with a P in front of it. 
Head bonks, raspy tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. And so that book is really a a catalog of the things that I love most about cats and that we all love most about our cats. But and and they're just right. I mean, so many things that, you know, on the most basic and tactile of levels, I, I just remember being a kid and just loving fur, loving animals fur. I don't mean like fur in a fur coat because that actually always creeped me out. But just that animals were so soft and warm and it was just such a tactile pleasure to pet them. And that still is probably my biggest daily joy. It, Clayton is is probably the most cuddly cat who I've ever lived with. He is definitely the most demanding of physical attention. Every day I, I have to give him a lot. He get, gets into my lap and I have to give him a lot of petting. But it's actually also really great for me. His neediness is is definitely a benefit for me because I just love the feeling of warm fur under my hands. And and I think that that is really just such a like like a what's the word I'm looking for, but just such a basic human kind of a thing, just softness and warmth. And so that is probably still that that was my favorite thing when I was a little kid, especially when I would go to the homes of friends or relatives who had cats. You know, I grew up with dogs who were also very warm and furry, but cat fur is so soft. And cats were so exotic to me when I was a kid. And so just to get to sit and and just like sit with a cat in my lap, even when I was six, seven years old and just pet the kitty, pet the kitty, you know, just sit there with a snoozing cat and just pet them and pet them and stroke the fur. Uh, that is still the best, uh, just the softness and warmth of that fur. And as contrasted with their very raspy tongues when you are petting them, uh, I I also really like that too. So, so that's just the really, I, I guess, like, like on a, on a, just a basic tactile kind of level, uh, just the warm fuzziness of it. And I also love that cats are so perfectly lap sized. Again, by the way, there are so many things I love about cats and that I love about my cats in particular. So, but, but these, you know, I'm, I'm trying to single out a few things that, that are, are my favorite, my absolute favorite things about cats. And so, yeah, I, I just love that cats are so perfectly sized for laps. I just find that amazing and so much more so than dogs. One of the great things about sleeping in bed with a dog, especially a larger dog like the dogs I grew up with, is is they just are such a warm and solid presence right next to you. Uh, it, it feels very safe and very secure and, and the bulk is good. Cats are, are sort of the opposite of that, but they, they, they fill your lap just perfectly. It's like cats were designed to be of the perfect size to fit ideally into human laps. And that is also just such a great thing and that I find sort of almost like a daily miracle that when Clayton curls up in my lap, it's like my lap was made to be the perfect size for Clayton. And Fanny, who is much more slender than Clayton, and yet somehow my lap is also the perfect size for Fanny. And what it really comes down to is that cats are just ideally suited to be lap animals when they want to be. I've certainly lived with cats who are not lap cats and are not into it. Uh, My first three cats were not especially lap cats. Even Homer, who loved being near me and he loved lying against me and he was a very tactile, affectionate, physical cat, but he wasn't a lap cat. He didn't necessarily want to curl up in my lap. 
Uh, but Clayton and Fanny are definitely lab cats, and and it amazes me still every day as, as one of those things that that you never get used to or you never get bored of, and and every day you appreciate how miraculous it is. I appreciate every day how miraculous it is that cats are so perfectly lap sized. And and so between that and and the softness of the fur, it, it is just always the best and least stressful part of my day when I am with my cats. And I, I guess really when it comes right down to it is that is ultimately my favorite thing. And, and I suspect everybody's favorite thing is that our relationships with our pets tend to be such great relievers of stress. They are so uncomplicated. And I will be the first one to admit that the cats are more complicated than dogs. And I feel sometimes that the relationships that I've had with my cats have not necessarily been deeper or more meaningful than the cat than the dogs I grew up with, but but certainly more complex and and more different. I've had five cats, and I can honestly say that my relationship with each one of them has been very different because they all have very different personalities, which is its own great thing. But it's it's just how, how when I say uncomplicated, I don't mean that there's no emotional complexity there, but but just that you know, it's easy. You know, you know what you they want from you. You know what what you want to get from them. And really, you're just all looking for a little bit of love and and affection and security in a world that is often in short supply on all of those things. And you can pretty reliably get it. And sometimes with cats, you do have to work a little bit harder, I think, to find that than you do with dogs. And, And anyone who's read my book, My Life in a Cat House, and has read my story about my first cat, Scarlet, knows that I do not take it for granted that every relationship with every cat is is simple and easy and the same as every other relationship with every cat. And sometimes you do have a cat who's a little bit more aloof or who's not as affectionate. Uh, sometimes, And again, anyone who's read My Life in a Cat House knows from my cat Vashti, who had some peeing issues, that I also understand that sometimes there are behavioral, behavioral issues. And cats are definitely, I would say, more complex than dogs. And I think it's because cats have not been living with us from an evolutionary perspective as long as dogs have. So not all of the kinks have been ironed out as smoothly as they are in our relationships with dogs. Also, dogs are pack animals and cats are social, but they're not pack animals or pack hunters per se. So, you know, cats do okay on their own in the wild, whereas dogs are descended from animals that do not do well on their own. The point being that, that, again, cats are not as smoothly calibrated, let's say, to fit seamlessly into our homes and our lives the way it so often seems that dogs do. So when I talk about the relationships we have with our cats being so calming and being so soothing, I don't mean to say that there are never any ups and downs or that if you have a cat with whom you are having some behavioral issues that you're some kind of an oddball and not getting out of it with the rest of us. Believe me, you scratch the surface of any lifelong cat person, you're going to hear some stories about some cats who are more difficult to live with or more difficult to get to know or where there was a harder, it sometimes took months or years for that kind of rapport to grow up. But even then, 
the motivations of animals are still so much simpler than the motivations of of humans. And I think that's the thing you can always come back to. And that is what makes it always possible or almost always possible for despite whatever difficulties there may be for that kind of closeness and and easygoing affection to eventually grow up between a person and a cat. Because ultimately, what a cat wants from you is very straightforward. They They want to be fed, they want to feel secure, and they want to feel loved. That's it. And if there's a behavioral issue, it's because your cat is not feeling secure. And so it becomes your job to figure out how to make your cat feel more secure. Now, there may be situations where you are not able to do that for whatever reason. Not every person is going to be right for every cat. But again, the motivation is is so simple and so straightforward. And I think that oftentimes the, the cats who are difficult the, the love that you end up with once you resolve those difficulties it is so much deeper and more meaningful because some work was involved in in creating it in the first place. But again, I, I think, you know, w- whether it's the, the cats who are a little bit more aloof or who sometimes act out or the cats like Clayton who are just very present and and innately very social and very affectionate and very cuddly whichever end of the spectrum your cat falls on the relationship is ultimately it's it, it's always i i think easy again it's it's easy, it's an easy thing to figure out in in a life where there are so many uncertainties and where relationships with other people can be so endlessly complicated and demanding and wonderful, of course, but they they require so much more energy and thought. And relationships with with cats are are just so much easier. I feel, and, and there's just nothing simpler. There's no simpler pleasure in life than you're on the couch and a warm purring cat is in your lap and you are petting that cat. Occasionally, while you read a book or watch a movie or talk on the phone or whatever other thing it is that you're doing, or if you're just sitting there being very present in that moment when you're petting your cat. But pleasures, I I think, do not get either deeper nor do they get simpler than that. And that is probably my favorite thing, ultimately. I was considering giving, trying to come up with a, a more clever, or, or smart alecky answer to this question because it does seem like such a simple question and, and like one where I probably, when all is said and done, am not differing very much from the answer that anybody else here would have given. But of course, I don't always have to be so clever and there's nothing wrong with sometimes with, with saving the cleverness for my writing. And so, yeah, so, so those are my, those are my answers, my least favorite and most favorite thing about cats. And thank you to Maria Clark for providing a question, um, that w- was not a, a stumper. Let's say it was not a, a head scratcher, but it does get right to the point and it is, is probably one of the most essential questions that can be asked and, and gave me an opportunity to talk at some length about one of my favorite subjects to an audience that I hope was happy to hear me talk about it, as opposed to other people in the rest of my life who were like, all right, enough with the cats already. 
I am, of course, just kidding. The very good news for the non-cat-loving friends that I have in my life is that I have all of you guys to get my my fix of talking about cats with so that I don't have to burden them, non-cat lovers that they are, which is just so hard for me to understand. It's still... You know, I'm, I'm coming up on a certain age and and it's still very hard for me to understand the people who just don't like living with animals or who aren't cat people. But of course, diversity is what makes this great world of ours go around. So thanks so much to all of you for, for listening to this and, and for letting me go on about the things that I love about cats. And please do not forget to send me your very short story, your very short love story about you and your own cat at Gwen at GwenCooper.com. And I look forward to catching up with all of you next week. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name, and your cat's name included in my next book or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me and don't forget to hug your cat today.